implications of the Buddha's teaching. So, pachatang, which means it's in yourself. So, to using the the conventions meditation to support to, to hold you into yourself hold you into your experience not to replace it just to hold the crucible of this body mind experience that we that happens to us the five khanda as I was briefly mentioning last night this is our experience, it's a seamless thing, it's not an on-off experience, it's happening all the time, form, feeling, perceptions, karma formations, uh, psychology, our emotional habits, psychological habits, and the consciousness, six-fold six consciousness, it's not our Ten day experience. It's uh, unless you only live for ten days. <laughs> you know, it doesn't let up. So there's meditating and not meditating. There's being able to meditate and not being able to meditate. There's getting going, getting places in meditation and getting nowhere in meditation. These are about the what meditation is about. <laughs> it's like, you know, you can, you can get these kind of readouts, you know, and then, then, then the response is about, I'm not getting anywhere, I'm not getting anywhere. <laughs> you know, or I've got somewhere, I've got somewhere. You know, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's the karma formations, you know, the perceptions of the karma formations. And in, in one way, if one any of that's all right. Getting somewhere's all right. Getting nowhere's all right. For realization, as long if one can just contain and follow that that process, what the mind does. So it's right in your, in yourself, in the helplessness of what what you go through. If you notice the helplessness of your your patterns. They kind of come surging out or leaking out in rather, you know, embarrassing sometimes that these things kind of leak out into your mind or you blow it in front of other people or whatever. <laughs> but then if you just follow it through, then it's, it comes to a stop. It's just feeling it. It comes to a stop. It kind of churns away, and then it stops. Isn't that the way it is? So you know, one's emotional patterns kind of surge up, and in the moment when they're there, they're solid, three-dimensional. They're very much me. They're multifaceted. They're tangible. I'm with them. I'm in them. I totally am them. And it's the way it should be, and it shouldn't be like this, and it should be like that. And then it kind of does that. It's it's uh, it's very upsetting. And it kind of 
peters out. And then you're more or less where you were before. with a memory. So it's, it's not possible that by holding on to and, and investing into impermanent things that one could arrive at something permanent. It's not possible that by making much of, investing in, believing in, associating with things that are impermanent, that we could arrive at anything that is permanent, lasting, unchanging. This is, but there is the unchanging. It comes through allowing the, that which is impermanent to, to be that, to actually go through and re- recognizing the endings of things. And the endings of things is the, is the stillness. And then things arise, pass through that. This way out, the very karma that we have, if it's if we can hold it, if we can stay awake to it, not add more to it, not feel, you know, we've got a bad deal or you know, guilty about it or, you know, trying to protect it and put cosmetics all over it. You know, the, the karma that's present, the karma formations that will lead, will lead to liberation. That's why this is bhajatam, because it's exactly in your karmic predicament that the liberation occurs. That's, if, that's under, if that's seen, what it is. So uh, there's a saying where the, someone asked the Buddha, where, does, where do you get to the end of the world? And this world is this ongoing experience of the future and the past and this and the that and the plans the expectations and the nostalgia and the anxieties, that, that tangle, where, where does it end? And the Buddha said, you don't get there by traveling. You never get there by moving on it. But in this very body-mind, in this very way it is now, is the arising and ceasing of the world. And the process of samatha is settling yourself, making that settling, and vipassana, looking at it, on looking, beginning to detect the pattern of it. And you can make a lot out of these things, and they can certainly go to some very refined and exquisite places. There's some very refined and exquisite places in the world. They're very beautiful places in the world but it's still the world. Uh, so we, you know, samatha is what? We can think of this samatha as being, you know, you can take it to the extreme, to, to, the, to the highest degree, which is this 
you know, sublime states of, of almost complete stillness, of uh, total serenity and stillness. Or you could have it to a point in which you're, you know, you're just still sitting there. <laughs> you know, you've got that kind of reference and stuff's banging around inside you, but you've got some sort of, whole, you know, way of, of, of being present with it. That's your, like the coarsest level of settling. You're not out there running around acting on it. You've got some way of, of, of stabilizing. That's all samatha. So you can do this on a you know, very refined level or a, a not very refined level. Vipassana, looking at it, on looking at it. You can do this on a very refined level where you can actually you know, witness every little mind moment <coughs> coming and going, the spaces in between them. On a, on a course level where you just, you know, you, you kind of recognize that that particular surge of emotion has stopped now. You, know, you, you, didn't, you didn't get into it. You didn't kind of, weren't able to stay there neatly tracking every little flicker. But you this great kind of red surge rush through. <laughs> and then there's a slightly rocky feeling of, oh, you know, it passed. So that's, that's Vipassana. If you, it requires a lot of faith to do that, but it means you're trying to to recognise that these these common features of 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 Buddhist practice, so that we can keep that going in refined, quiet, blissful, peaceful, steady circumstances, and then also when it's less like that. So the process is rather like, you know, tuning tuning up the string of an instrument, say a guitar, or you you just tighten it to the point where you get where you can get a resonance of it. So it's like finding that settling. Yeah, is is actually is tuning the string. So what what can you do now that will actually bring around that kind of quality, but it's just being aware of your, your body sitting here. So you've got some kind of firm um, reference point. With, if you do anapanasati using the breath and then using that energy body, um, that is the, the flow experience of the breath and the settledness of the mind and the breath together. So one arrives at an experience of a, of a steady calm that's stretching the string, that's tightening it. And then what rings that, what, what touches that, what, what plucks the string? And this is where you, uh, the, this, what plucks the string is, is clinging or attachment. You can feel something tighten something, so you, you know, one clutches at the particular mind state, or, when, or something interrupts you, so you, you know, it rings, it pushes your button as it were, where one clutches to defend, one clutches to hold on, one clutches to, to get more, and it's that, the, just experiencing that sudden clutching, holding, then 
recognizing, aware of that, so that that what is held, that holding experience itself, is impermanent. It brings up a pattern of desire. But you contemplate all these things merely as what they are, that is, patterns. You get the body pattern. So when you close your eyes, you've got a pattern of sensations, which is just the body, which is the body pattern. You've got the breath pattern, and you've got the feeling pattern, particular repetitive or seeming fairly repetitive but slightly fluctuating um, sea of, of feeling tone. Then there are particular patterns of recognition, feeling, oh, this is this, this is that, in the way where one feels certain. Yet something crystallizes for you, just as when you, you see someone in the dark and then at a moment you recognize who it is, suddenly the dots line up. And, ah, so that, that's, that's the perception pattern. And suddenly things make sense to you. That's a pattern. And then it can change, can't it? And then the karma formations, the pattern of desire, the pattern of irritation, the pattern of, of sadness, a particular uh, kind of set of mind states arise in a particular process, and we call that grief, or we call it sadness, or we call it irritation, or we call it fear, or we call it joy, or we call it love. You know, there are positive and negative ones. And they, you know, then you, you experience yourself actually flowing into that particular emotional pattern. And then it sort of eddies away and it changes into something else. That's the way it is, isn't it? Is there a, a permanent emotion? And one of the um, things to be aware of, to, to just consider, and offering you for consideration is the tendency in meditation to try to stop all this stuff happening you know, to be left alone this is called the, you know, to a certain extent that's skillful to, to, to limit, to calm to, to settle the picture so we can see things more clearly and at a certain point it swings over into this vibhava which means the desire for things not to happen, for things not to be experienced, for no, there be, to be no patterns going on. So then the stillness becomes a pattern that one holds to and gets extremely irritated at being disturbed or guilty about not being able to get it or fearful or conceited. And, all, and these things that's actually quite beautiful in itself and all right in itself becomes a, a, a feeding place, a feeding ground for defilements. And it's really a beautiful pattern, a pattern of, of, of calm, is, is lovely, very, very beautiful. And, and you know, to experience the joy and the mudita for, for others who, who, who've experienced this. This is a lovely thing. But clinging messes it up. Then you, you get the, the conceit or the anger, irritation, jealousy, greed, shame. I haven't got one yet. 
<laughs> I've been practicing all these years and I still haven't got one. These kind of things. So that, that's, that's not very nice, is it? If we contemplate all experience, all, with, all things that are experienced are in this pattern mode, and no pattern can be permanent. And, no, and it is just that. It's not, it's not substantial. It has no real lasting depth to it. It's not self. It's empty. You can't belong to it. You can't own it. You can't find yourself in it. You can, it's rather like, uh, you know, you can, you, can, you can keep going back to it. You can keep reestablishing it and reprinting it. Just like stenciling your name all over your clothes. You know, this is Anna, this is Anna, this is Anna. You know, this is Anna's socks, this is Anna's shoes, this is Anna's... <laughs> you know, you can, for every square inch you can stick your name on it. But it's still, that's your pattern, but it's still not yours. And even that habit isn't yours. You know, one can get quite neurotic about this meanness about things. From, and it comes from the insecurity of not knowing, not really resting in awareness, which is unpatterned, but doesn't resist patterns. It doesn't object to them. It's all right. Because it's not affected by patterns. You get some emotional thing passes through. If you, if you just don't lose your faith with that, and notice where it, when it when it ends, this is where you were before. <laughs> you, you know, it's exactly that. All your life, there's been that that awareness. All the time, and it was aware of being confused, and aware of fear, and aware of wanting, and aware of you know a body, and then cha- all these changes that that have ex- been experienced. But the quality of awareness is just exactly as it is. It may be that one has not accessed it and dwelt in it. And these retreat situations are excellent for really condensing and crystallizing and and bringing together karmic, karmic patterns. You get very intense in these things. You can get intensely, even intensely dull is a kind of intense. You know, it, it certainly, you know, it, sweat, it sweats you out, it sweats things out of you. So that then because of that kind of crystallization experience, and then the moment when it, drop, when it drops and stops, your mind has been brought to one po- a point on that, and then it disappears or it ends. And you're looking at, you are, huh? That's it. And then, of course, you know, oh, that was good, how did I do that? You know, and then we start to kind of put our name all over it again. And this is kind of what one, one, what, the way it goes. It's the way it goes, and so uh, one of the... Um, and the things that begins to develop through practice, you get different developments. You get developments of clarity, developments of joy, um, calm. And then, then one of the higher developments is called nipida, 
which uh, translates as disillusionment <laughs> or disenchantment or even downright uh, um, you know world weariness uh, and this isn't this isn't like aversion it's more like you can't you've had enough you can't buy into this stuff anymore it's, you, emotionally you know you, you can't keep investing because you, you, you've witnessed the cycle and something in in the in the, the psychology just starts to change uh, and you, you don't go out that's the kind of, that's the that's the way the process works and so meditation can very ra- can rapidly um, accentuate uh, that process in a way sometimes you know in life itself is that kind of thing happens to a certain extent for people they get less wound up about this that and the other Meditation is like living 50 lifetimes through 50 lifetimes in a week. <laughs> if you do it right, you know, it really kind of pushes you through some stuff. So this is great, you know. But when you're being pushed through stuff, you know, don't, don't hang on to the, to the, to the landscape. If we look in the, the um, in the scriptures, you can see this is this is how it happens for people. Is enlightenment experiences and realization experiences are often at the moment of like of a, an imbalance or of a letting go. Um, they're spontaneous. They're just the person's trained and cultivated. If you like, they they stretch their string to its it's finally pitched in some event, something, some turn of mind, some inflection of thought, sometimes a sound, sometimes an event, touches it and they realize you know, something drops away. Um, so it's, uh, it's very much intimate because you can't reduplicate somebody else's karmic stuff, karmic pattern. And just to bear that in mind, the Venerable Ananda, who lived with the Buddha for um, 25 years, you know, so listening to the Buddha, with the Buddha every day, listening to all his teachings, and you know, he's uh, totally devoted to the Buddha, and he 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 couldn't actually um, get through. And the inference is, is probably because he was a, attached to the Buddha, who, was, who, he, who he loved very much, and he was, um, you know, very devoted to. That's just an inference, but because it wasn't until the Buddha passed away that Ananda was able to to transcend, and it's, it's said that his moment of awakening was was um, when he was in a situation where they were going to have a big meeting, and they said, well. Only our hands are allowed in, you know. It's like a. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's the old men's club syndrome again, you know. <laughs> you know what that does to you, huh? <laughs> so they probably just pushed his buttons the last, the last bit, and 
I'm going to show these guys, you know. <laughs> so he got very, you know, put everything he had into the practice. And it was just at the moment when he was, he was going to lie down. And so and it said that just at the moment, he's, as his feet were coming off the ground, and just as his head was about to hit the pillow, just at that moment was his awakening. Now you try that, and it won't. <laughs> I do that patiently every night. <laughs> Hasn't happened for me. You, you, can't, you can't fake it, it's got to be the real, real thing. Was, uh, yeah, one of the nuns, Patachara, um, so again, she was someone who put you know, everything she had into practice, and then her awakening was um, go, just going into her, her residence, her kuti, her dwelling, and you know, in a very present state of mind, and washing her feet, and then just going, <laughs> putting her hand out to turn down the lamp. And just, she turned down the lamp, this kind of realization experience. So you, you'll all be at those light switches this evening. You're flicking <laughs> <them around>. <laughs> <laughs> then with Sariputta, it was just listening to the Buddha talk, or give a teaching to somebody else, and Sariputta was standing behind the Buddha, fanning him, just listening. And in a particular way, it was a thought pattern. Whereas Sariputta was someone who was extremely um, profound and developed intelligence, so for him it was a thought pattern. Just the particular thought pattern that the Buddha presented touched his his mind, which is very strongly focused on thought. And again, it, the thing just kind of like a resonance, and then a letting go, a realization of that's a thought. It's just that. You know, it's not I am thinking, or I shouldn't be thinking, or this means that. It's just it's just that. You know. Now, rather than trying to emulate these experiences, just to have confidence in that, so that, you know, we are, if you like, when we're doing our formal practice, it's rather like you are, you're baiting the trap. You know, you said you're making a, a trap and you put the bait in it. And then you just kind of keep that clear, ready, and then wait for your karma to come along and put his foot in that. And it will be something that's very much, you know, what I am, what I must have, what I don't want, what I feel, you know, it'll be like that. And then you just put it in that trap of samatha vipassana. You know, you'll blunder into it. It won't be something you've decided to do. It'll just have to be like that. And then so you'll see, it's just the thought. It's just the feeling, you know. And there isn't anybody there doing it. This is the, the only illusion to, to get through. It's only one moment away, actually. It's only, you're only ever one moment away from it. But one can, you know, skirt around the edge of that, creating 
world systems. Because there seems to be somebody here. Even it talks to itself, thinks to itself. <laughs> Why it has to tell itself what it's thinking. <laughs> but it does. So it, it's there, you know, that system is just there to, to substantiate itself. So sometimes the only way it can substantiate itself is by holding itself, by talking to itself, and by patting itself. So it does that. But who is thinking? Who is it? Sometimes just asking yourself that question and not what you're thinking about or what you should be thinking about or you shouldn't be thinking, but who is it? And who is who is feeling? Not I shouldn't have these terrible feelings or I'm right to have these feelings or, you know, I wish I could get rid of these feelings or I have more of those feelings, but who who feels? Um, you know, this is, if you like, this is the spring of the trap. And at that sometimes at that at that moment, if that if the mind is prepared, your attention is prepared. It's that inflection. It's rather like almost instead of going into the plot, just that inflection to see the plot, the scenario, dispassionately not taking sides, and it's just the plot, there isn't anybody in it. This way, then the the living process of Dhamma is allowing these things to, these patterns to, to happen through. They must happen. They are they are the enlightenment factors. They are the, the things that, that spring the trap. So in terms of our situation here, just begin to, to um, you know, look, look or open up to the you know, the, the things that one's doing and the things that, that seem to be peripheral to it. You know, where are we? And that's just a perception, really. You can call it IMS, you can call it this, that, or the other. That, that is a mind construction. pattern. (coughs) Where are you, say, psychologically? feel about yourself, bring up that particular inclination, that suggestion, what do you feel about yourself, you know, the sense of maybe tense or slight sense of regret or or happy with yourself, 
that's, it's all all right. But begin to kind of review uh, and the experience, either in meditation or outside it. This is the this is the um, the spring of the tr- of meditation. It's always the samatha, then on looking vipassana, and particularly this quality of of called reviewing, actually, which is looking through the experience that's going on. And so um, that can be you know, a, a refined degree or a less refined degree. Um, so you, that's really, um, again, dependent upon where your energies and where your confidence comes together, where your application comes together. And at a certain tar- point, you have to recognize, well, this is, it gets to this point. You know, it's not going to get into infinite consciousness or, you know, some, it gets this far. And then, well, okay, now work from there. Look at that, look at the, the experience in these terms and the sense of self in these terms and the wanting and the not wanting in, in those terms. It should, if these are in the, in, the, in, the, in, the ter- in the state in which you're in, you can experience those as things that pull away and the settledness. Then this is where you, you get uh, release if those are understood for what they are, seen for what they are. So release itself it, it can be is moments. There are graduated releases, if you like. Um, it's important to get the the spirit of it and the um, and the experience of that, so you can trust. So you know you may, you may have moments of release when something is seen, felt, lived out, let go of, and then knowing it's been let go of at that moment, knowing that it was it was empty, knowing that it was like that, trusting in that. It doesn't mean you know this is the end of the story. It means now you've got some kind of process experience that's been felt and lived out. It gives you the confidence to to work with the ongoing stuff that hasn't been lived out. Yeah, that that that, that confidence is what's needed. And every time there's some release, then the, the there's that confidence, and actually it will mean that your that feeds back into your practice. You don't lose it. If you if you trust it and and recognise it, so this important way of of cultivation is to set up, to establish, to work with, to witness the results, and to fully appreciate the result, the, the, the cessation, the stopping, the impermanence, the selflessness, and then okay, you know, so you know that. All probably all been there, but not made much of it. Just thought, oh well, now I'll do something. You've all been there. Nobody's actually, you know, rock solid attachment. <laughs> you, can't, you just can't keep it going all the time. So we've been there. Yeah, at that point of letting go. 
and the, 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 in meditation you have the, the, the faculties to, to witness and, and trust that and recognize it and make much of it. It, it gladdens the heart, it cools the heart. And then, okay, let's be prepared to allow things to arise and to do our learning from what comes to us. But knowing that really it's, it's what comes to you. So the quality of effort has a limit to it. So far, and then it's, that's it. Um, it, it doesn't go further. It goes to a certain point of, of tuning up. That's it. Because if you put too much, if you keep putting too much effort in it, it just keeps disturbing and, and, and agitating the process. There's a saying of the Buddhas, um, which is a very uh, profound one, where he says, as long as I was um, striving and supported, as long as I was striving and supported, I didn't cross over. When I stopped striving and was no longer supported, I crossed over. You know, when one recognizes, you know, what, what does he mean? He, you know, the Buddha would certainly strikes one as someone who wasn't just kind of, you know, hanging around. <laughs> but, you know, tuning to a certain pitch and then you know, just wait. Be there, be patient, wait, and then see what comes to you. It will come to you. That's, that's the, the beauty of this trust in Dhamma, this giving oneself to Dhamma. Some of it's what we do, what we do, and to b- bring oneself in, into completely giving ourselves to what we do, and then it's what happens, what comes to us. And at that meeting point is the resonance and the release. So for many of us, this, we have just this uh, couple of days to use this situation. Um, so it should be the time when, you know, you really um, recognize and value what you've done. You, know, you have put effort in, you have made the effort, you have sustained discipline, you have um, you know, held it. So this is very good. And, you know, you may feel disappointed that you didn't get this or that, a little bit sad, or your mind isn't as smooth as you should be. But recognize you have done good. You have put effort in. You have been sincere. You have made that commitment. You know? So don't fret and worry. Be you know small-minded about it, about the little kind of defilements that crop up and so on. Just value and trust what's good, and then witness. You know, just rest in that, and relate to these experience of suffering, the experience of getting it wrong. Just try to open yourself to that, and let yourself be touched by it, so that you let go of suffering through being able to to rest 
and, and stay steady with it and, and open to it. It passes through and it, it cleans out the clinging and the attachment. 